welcome back to another episode of the Soul of a Woman show, where we talk faith, family, and fun. I'm your host, Dr. Patricia Shaw. Are you ready? Let's go. On episode number one, titled The Encounter, I start the book Soul Ties, Unchain My Heart, asking myself three questions. How did I get here? Why can't I shake this man? And why do I keep going back to him? What started as a childlike love affair ended as a tumultuous tornado. In today's society, many relationships are formed out of lust and not love. Webster's Dictionary defines lust as usually intense or unbridled sexual desire lasciviousness. This statistic that I'm about to read is coming from singlemotherguide.com and it states, once largely limited to poor women and minorities, single motherhood is now becoming the new norm. This prevalence is due in part to the growing trend of children born outside marriage, a societal trend that was virtually unheard of decades ago. About four out of 10 children were born to unwed mothers. Nearly two thirds were born to mothers under the age of 30. According to a 2018 U.S. Census Bureau statistic, four out of about 11 million single parent families with children under the age of 18 more than 80% were headed by single mothers. So what is the difference between love and lust? Let's see, what is love? My definition of love comes from God and is found in 1 Corinthians 13 verses four through seven. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Before I met and married my husband, I was in an ungodly relationship that was filled with lust. <laughs> what the dictionary defines as that unbridled sexual desire. And as I wrote in my poem, my mind was saying no, but my body wasn't letting go. I couldn't shake the physical or emotional soul tie I had formed with this man because I had gotten to know his body parts better than I learned his heart. See, lust captivates the mind and leaves you empty, but love captures the heart and leaves you longing for more. 1 John 2 verses 16 and 17 says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. 
but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Yes, there is a difference between love and lust. And here are three signs you can watch out for. Number one, lust is pushy, but love is patient. If he's not willing to wait for sex before marriage, but your goal is to be celibate until you get married, then that's not love. Love shows respect and is willing to wait no matter how difficult it may be. Number two, lust is selfish while love is selfless. Lust wants to be gratified, but love longs to satisfy. Being gratified is only a temporary solution, but being satisfied is seeking fulfillment and satisfaction comes in marriage. Lust wants its own way no matter what. Lust is a craving that can't be satisfied and often if the person doesn't get it from you, trust me, they will seek to be gratified by someone else. Number three, lust is restless, but love is restful. Lust doesn't allow a person to rest because the hunger of the flesh cannot be satisfied. But when it's love, you can rest knowing that the person you're waiting on will be able to satisfy your sexual needs. As the scripture said, the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see. So to answer the questions, how did I get here? I got in the ungodly relationship because I wanted to satisfy my flesh. And question number two, why couldn't I shake him? I couldn't shake him because I had created an ungodly soul tie with him that kept us connected like a husband and wife, even though we weren't married. And question three, I said, he treated me like less than a person, but I kept going back to him. Even though he treated me wrong, I was drawn to him because of the lust that was in my eyes. Proverbs 25 and 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. In my book, the walls to Teresa's heart were unguarded and she was the person Proverbs 25 and 28 was speaking of because she had no self-control when it came to her boyfriend, Eric, and she instantly connected with him in a crowded room without saying one word to her. He caught her eye and he had her at hello. The lust in her eyes caused her to want what she saw because she had not set any boundaries for herself. In order to have a happy and healthy relationship, you must be able to recognize your emotions about the person you're in a dating relationship with. If you know you have a strong physical desire for that person, then work on establishing some boundaries and enforce them because boundaries are not for the other person they are for you. Now, how did I stop falling for Satan's tricks? That's a good question. First, 
I realized I was no match for the enemy. And that took listening to women of faith and receiving what they were telling me. A lot of times we listen, but we don't hear. Hearing holds on to what is said for a little while, but then makes no changes. While listening takes ownership of what happened and makes changes. Romans 7 and 18 says, And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. See, I had the can't help it, or so I thought. But what I couldn't do on my own, I was able to do with God's help. And learning how to set boundaries helped me guard my heart so I wouldn't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. See, Satan is on a mission to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you allow him, he will use the man that you give your heart to, the man you bear your soul to, and the man you trust to confuse you because the enemy takes everything God created and tries to pervert it and turn it into something bad. Satan's mission is to make you think his plan is better than God's plan so he can bury you in the plot he created for you. Second, I've learned how to create boundaries for myself while I was dating and waiting and on my way to the altar. Boundaries in dating relationships are not for him, but for you. I learned how to set boundaries because when it came to him, I was weak in my flesh. And setting boundaries helped me learn self-control. And having self-control is necessary when it comes to marriage. The enemy knows exactly what type of man you like. And he will send him your way. And at your most vulnerable moment, he will strike. As a woman, when you learn to set real boundaries, and what I mean is you set them and you stick to them, then you can take a step backwards and look at the person you're dating, see him for who he is, and then make a wise decision. These are five steps for setting boundaries that I want to share with you today. Step number one, clarify your boundary. Question, what behavior does he engage in that bothers you? For example, he shows up at your door without calling at all times of the night. He calls or texts when it's convenient for him. So what behavior does he engage in that bothers you? You have to clarify your boundary. That's step one. Step two, set clear boundaries. So in the example that I gave you above where he showed up at any time without calling, one boundary to set would be to advise him that he, he needs to call before he comes over. And another clear boundary with someone that calls or texts when it's convenient for them, a clear boundary would be to set a clear time frame of when 
you want to receive calls. So if you know that at 11 o'clock he's calling for something that maybe you don't want to do or that phone call is going to lead somewhere (laughs) that you don't want to go down that road. So setting a clear boundary would be personal. So you would say, I'm not going to accept his call after 10. I'm not going to accept his call after 1030. See, that boundary is for you to guard your heart, not for him. So step number three, enforce your boundary. Enforcing boundaries is usually the the most difficult part to follow through with. So for example, you tell him not to call after 10. If he's used to calling you all times of the night, this may be difficult, but it's doable. Turn the ringer off and don't answer the call or the text if it's after the time you set for yourself. Remember, boundaries are personal. We teach people how to treat us by the way we allow them to treat us. You teach people how to respect you by your actions or in actions. Step number four, remove the guilt. If he was used to treating you any type of way, if he's an ungodly man, he'll make it seem like you're a bad person for wanting to protect yourself. But if he truly loves you, he'll come to understand you're not doing anything to hurt him. See, guarding your heart is personal. Guarding your heart is helping people to understand how you want to be treated. Step number five, consistency is key. Start with small boundaries and grow from there. When you're consistent with enforcing smaller boundaries and he's respecting them, you feel empowered and more confident in the dating relationship. The more confident you are, the easier it gets to set boundaries in all areas of your life. So thank you for being here with me. I'm reading from my book, Soul Ties Unchained My Heart. And if you haven't done so already, you can get a copy of the book from Amazon. You can download it. After I read a portion of the book, the next episode, I will be bringing out relationship tips to empower you in your relationship because I want you to get off the emotional dating roller coaster and join me on the cruise ship of love. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at info at womenofexcellence.biz and I will respond to your email and even if you want me to answer your question on the episode. You've been listening to the Soul of a Woman podcast with your host, Dr. Patricia Shaw.